3: Welcome on into a special episode of Rotoviz Radio. I am Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz. You may have heard Matt Friedman and I talk on the flagship podcast the last two weeks about a very exciting and really fun, really cool new fantasy site that is launching called ffbcast.com. I said it once, and I'll say it again, I really love the concept here. Their goal is to be your league's media coverage. So what they do is they are putting together custom league specific podcasts covering your fantasy league. So this is a unique podcast tailored to your league, covering every aspect of it. Just a really fun way to add extra fun into your fantasy season. Keep it interesting for everyone. And Matt and I have both expressed that we think this is a great way to kind of keep in contact with all of those people that you may not see as often as you did when you first set up your fantasy league. So I'm really uh, happy and excited that I got to help them out here uh, as I will be hosting a sample episode that we wanted to host on Rotoviz radio put it up on the network so that everybody can get a sense of how cool of a product this is and uh, get a sense for what your league specific unique custom podcast would sound and feel like uh so i have a special guest host joining me on that episode which is a service that they provide uh some really big names in the industry some fantastic people uh are making themselves available to get in on the action, talking about your league, which is really, really fun. So uh, for the next 30, 35 minutes, you're going to be listening to a sample episode uh, for a league that was selected to be covered by the special guest and I. Uh, So again, go check out ffbcast.com. I think it's a really cool idea. I wish I had thought about it. And I had a lot of fun putting this episode together. Uh, So again, ffbcast.com. The following episode
2: is brought to you by FFBcast. Stay tuned for your very own custom podcast and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel.
3: listening to the fantasy 2018 one podcast brought to you by FFBcast. cast i'm your host dave Cabin, and this is the week 11 episode today we'll be overviewing upcoming matchups reviewing the league's points leaders and taking a look at the playoff picture Welcome into the podcast, we have a lot of exciting topics to cover in what is a very compelling, interesting, and fun league, uh, but before we bring on today's special guest, let's quickly run through the league's current standings. As a reminder, four teams from each division make the playoffs, so there's still a number of teams in the hunt. In the East, El Barracho sits atop the standings with a record of 7-3, and three. Project Freelancer and the 5 are close behind with 6-4 and four records. The Milwaukee Marvels in breaking out will be vying for the East fourth playoff spot with records of four and six. In the West, we have the Monster and Cowboys sitting at seven and three, Redemption at six and four, and the Champs at five and five. With a record of four and six, Shoebox will need to close out the season with a strong stretch of games and likely a couple of Champs losses to make the playoffs. It's also worth noting that we have now seen winning streaks from the five and redemption of four games, stringing together a solid stretch here, going four and zero over the last four weeks. So those are the standings. Let's take a closer look at the matchups from the past weekend, and to help us out, we have a special guest. I'd like to welcome into the show a good friend of mine, a take connoisseur in the most well-branded individual. In all of fantasy football, one half of the Living the Stream podcast, a man with a tremendous head of hair, and that, of course, is Denny Carter. What's going on, Denny?
1: Uh, not much, Dave. I, I you know, I do this for the hair compliments, so that, that means a lot.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's one thing that you can always rely on, right? A, a fantasy win is not something that will be there all the time, but with Denny Carter, you always know that the hair day will be there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes some days are better than others but i i appreciate it and I'm, I'm excited to uh to do this show
3: yeah so let, let's get going right into the action here so the week 10 matchups they were all pretty close but redemption stuck it to Upsetter, winning by a score of 133.4 to 99.3 that was despite just an 18 point week from patrick mahomes they did get 24 from alvin kamara thirty four from Christian McCaffrey, and Zach Ertz was a hero with 33 and a half points. Now, upsider, uh, or excuse me, upsetter on the other side, they did get a nice game out of Eli Manning, 21 points. Brandon Cooks added 22, Edelman 15, but clearly this is a team that is sorely missing Le'Veon Bell uh, and the holdout has placed them at a huge disadvantage of the season. So it's tough to get a near goose egg from Ben Watson as well with Rudolph on the buy. What do you think were the key aspects of this matchup, Denny? Uh,
1: well, I mean, I guess, I guess with the Mahomes 18 pointer, uh, you, you you've grown to expect uh, a, a lot, a lot more of out of out of him. So uh, to to get by uh, with with sort of an average output, I'm not sure where he finished on the week. I, I'm guessing it's outside the top 12. Um, but uh, but you, I I feel like you should feel you, sh- you should feel pretty good about that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a huge way to win. Uh, anytime you can get by when the players that are normally your mega producers aren't performing at their normal level. That's a huge thing for your team. And, um, you know, redemption, this is this is a good point in the season for them to kind of pick up some momentum. I think, especially if you look at that roster, they also had Adam Thielen on a bye week. Uh, so they mm-hmm. weren't even at full strength. In another high scoring game, the five edged out El Baracho, um by a score of 126.7 to 116.2. The five were led by a monster day from Nick Chubb, who can perhaps propel this team into the top of the standings. So before we continue breaking down this matchup, uh, Denny, do you think that this is the Nick Chubb we're going to see here on out for the rest of the season? Well, yeah, I, I don't
1: know how many ninety-yard runs you know we're we're, we're going to get, uh, <laughs> but but I, I do think that it, it's pretty clear that the the new coaching staff wants to uh, feed him the ball uh, whenever possible, and 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 you know that might not be possible in you know in bad game scripts and if if and when the Browns fall behind uh, in the coming weeks, but uh, I think that as long as game script is neutral or definitely positive. Uh, he's going to get a lot of opportunity and obviously we, we see that, uh, he can do a lot with a little. So that's, that's, that's awesome for, uh, for whoever has uh Chubb rostered.
3: Yeah. So the five, I think that they're going to be at a good spot. Chubb was a very explosive player in college. It's translating at the next level. He was the type of guy identified before the season started as a league winner. And who knows? They also have Michael Thomas, who added 23 over the weekend. Tyler Lockett contributed 17. Carson Wentz at quarterback. Perhaps this is a team that Chubb can take to glory. Now, El Barracho, a strong team in this league. Again, finished with 116.2 points. They have to be upset, though, that they sat Matt Breida, who scored 27, and Allen Robinson, who had 28. They did get 29 from Drew Brees, 20 from Devontae Adams, but only 12 from Saquon Barkley, 6.6 from Mike Evans, and 3.2 from Jarvis Landry. So I think that's a tough loss for them, Denny.
1: It is. I You know, being able to roll out Landry... Evans and Barkley, uh, you know, that that sounds good to me. I mean, you know, the, the, the process is definitely there. Uh, you're not going to get many weeks where, where all three of those guys tank. Uh, and, um, and that's what you got here now with, with, with Robinson, uh, I think that we were clued in a little bit on Saturday and then Sunday morning when it was clear that the Lions secondary was really banged up, and they were going to miss key starters. And, and you know, so that to me, that said, uh, you know, give him the edge um, over you know other o- over other receiver options that that, that you might have been on the fence about. I'm not saying that you definitely bench Mike Evans for Allen Robinson. I I wouldn't have done that. Um, but but that 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 sort of thing. Uh, is a, is a tip off, uh, oftentimes, you know, the, the health of a secondary.
3: Absolutely. And I think it should be very encouraging for that team that they are going to have some difficult lineup decisions to make going forward, but it is because they have a fair amount of depth. Uh, In the East division action, the Milwaukee Marvels added to the profits four game skid with an 104 to 81 and a half point victory. They were led by 20 points from Juju Smith-Schuster, 24 from Mark Ingram, 18 from Jared Goff, and they get The win, despite a negative two-point performance from kicker Cody Parkey. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins was on a bye. As a man that is a kicker connoisseur, uh, (laughs) the the negative two-point day – uh, how yeah. how disappointing is that when that happens, Denny?
1: Yeah, I mean that that's a total gut punch. Gut punch, right? I mean to to get negative points out of your kicker. Everybody hates kickers, but especially especially when they score in the negative. And I I actually was unaware until the other day because I I didn't watch that game. Yep. Uh, but I was unaware that he hit the hit the goalpost for times. He hit the <laughs> uprights four times. It was by the by the fourth time, you know, the camera panned to, to Parky and he he's laughing. He's actually <laughs> laughing. He's th- he's he's saying to himself, This is funny. I'm not even mad anymore. You know?
3: Right. Well if you were a person that believed that the universe worked uh, in odd ways or in ways that were aimed at ruining people's day. I think that would be a great example. The other interesting thing about this matchup is that Parky contributed negative two points. The Dolphins defense only added three points. So they only got one point from those two positions, whereas mm. the profit actually got 18. And normally that DST kicker delta is huge, but this was a case where it wasn't.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, you. I think you should feel pretty good if you can get out of the week with a win. When your defense and kicker combined, what was it for one point? I mean, that's yeah. Uh, that I know
3: that the 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 point total wasn't pretty. Uh, but a win is a win, is a win, you know. Absolutely. So Profit with 81.5 points. They got a pretty solid performance from Baker Mayfield with 24 points. Todd Gurley, 23.5. But it does not help when you have Traycon Smith in the lineup putting up a zero spot. Uh, Chris Conley adding almost three points. Doug Baldwin, it's been a down season. And Sonny Michelle just three Points uh, when you look at a roster like this, Denny, do you think this roster has a chance to recover, uh, or how would you be feeling about this team at this point in the season? Limited production being given them by Rob Gronkowski,
1: right? I mean, the 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 Gronk piece of the puzzle really hurts, and and you know you're not the only one, but uh, um, I think you have a a mix of players who are volatile, you know, like Traquan Smith, who you know he will have big weeks, but he'll also have weeks that are at zero or close to zero. And, and you, you mix that with, um, with other guys who don't really have a big ceiling guys like, uh, Baldwin say, and I think that that's a tough combo to get, you know, consistent, uh, production out of.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So a tough week for the profit, unfortunately, but Hey, you know, things can always turn around in this league. Uh, Moving along, another game um, not quite as close as some of the others, the Cowboys winning 110 against Shoebox, who put up uh, 94.9 points. Uh, The Cowboys led by a huge day from Ezekiel Elliott, 33.7 points, 28 from Melvin Gordon. Uh I think that's about as good of a running back duo as you're going to be able to get
1: I mean that I I'm I'm blushing just 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 looking at at that combo I don't know I don't even know how that happened but it it's amazing it's a it's a great luxury uh to have that sort of combined floor from those running backs
3: Absolutely. And Stefan Diggs was on the bench as well. Uh, so Shoebox had to be happy when they saw that. Uh, however, though, they kind of suffered at the running back position this week, just 7.8 points from Tevin Coleman. James White, who has been truly fantastic this season with just 5.6, very easily his worst game of the season, I would say. They did get Twenty-nine points from Tyreek Hill. However, Chris Hogan contributes a zero. Deshaun Jackson did not have a good game as well. I think that this running back production, though, uh, it was just a really down week for them, and that should recover.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, Tevin Coleman might have won your week the week before and, uh, you know, was not in a position to get a lot of touches in, in this one as the Falcons fell behind early. And, you know, that's how it goes sometimes with running backs.
3: Yeah, and I think though the the other interesting thing too is that they actually got 14 points from the Steelers uh when they were playing the Panthers uh which was a good DST total but not enough to get them over the hump and take that game down. Breaking out beat the Freelancers 114 to 86 led by one of Russell Wilson's best games of the season finally gets solid rushing production with 92 yards. They also had Antonio Brown at 21.6. But I think they're going to leave this week a little bit disappointed as Cooper Cup, one of their key receivers goes down for the season. How big of a blow is that, Denny?
1: Yeah, that that hurts. I, I think if you have any piece of that Rams offense, I mean, you know, other pieces are are, are more important, but uh, uh, it, it hurts to lose uh, someone who's often often attached to such high scoring games. You know, if you're if you have Robert Woods or or Cup or or Brandon Cooks, you're not you're not getting 20, 25 PPR points every week, but you are uh, you are benefiting when when the Rams offense is really clicking. So that that definitely does hurt.
3: So Project Freelancer goes down uh, to breaking out. Again, the score was 114 to 86 for Project Freelancer. Julio Jones put up 20 points. They got 17 for Matt Ryan. Bit of a disappointing day, though, as Travis Kelsey does not get to eight points. They get just 4.8 from Kenyon Drake, uh, and AJ Green was hurt and could not play. But I do think there might be some encouraging signs for this team as you review the roster
1: i th- i I like the roster i mean just just uh face value i think if you know if green gets healthy uh you know kelsey is not is not going to have down weeks very often in 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 that offense and the way it produces. I think uh, I think it has a lot of upside. This is a roster that, that really caught my attention when I was reviewing the league.
3: Yeah, I think the same thing for me, too, is one of those where this kind of feels more like an aberration type of week. And, you know, every once in a while, it's okay to have a week like this. You have a number of players having bad games at once. That's better than, you know, kind of getting those spread out, I think, in my opinion sure oh yeah take take all the bad stuff at once sure <laughs> absolutely in a closer game but a uh, pretty low scoring match uh, you have the monster edging out the champs 89 to 80.2 the monster a team that i feel is a pretty well-rounded roster gets a very down game from fitzmagic a down game from james connor and a down game from Adrian Peterson, really the only high point performance going over twenty was Odell Beckham with twenty-one point three, but they still uh managed to take the win and they had Leonard Fournette on the bench.
1: Uh oh man, yeah, you gotta play Fournette. I I, I feel like, you know, with Fournette healthy uh finally, the, the Jaguars are determined to use him to to really feed him. Um, no matter what's happening. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I, it just, it feels like he's a, uh, a plug and play from here on out. And, and, you know, the, the, the Fitzpatrick thing is frustrating, but I think that, you know, he was still a must start, you know, in, in a, in a 12 team league, uh, the matchup was, was pretty good. And, and, you know, he did throw what he threw for 400 yards. So, um if you don't get a touchdown out of 400 yards that's um that's variance or and or bad luck
3: absolutely and it's encouraging too because you still get those 400 yards so it's not like you said going to be an often occurring thing that you get the 400 yards from your quarterback Mm -hmm. in that point total so you know you can probably keep starting fitzpatrick and then the other encouraging thing too is you now know if you're this team that you get to use james connor week in and week out the champs uh however Uh, a disappointing week for them. A zero spot for Mike Williams. They also have the other Chargers receiver in Tyrell Williams, which is 6.6 points. They got 33.8 from David Johnson, who I think is going to be an RB1 moving forward. Uh, But other than that, not a whole lot of production to speak of.
1: Yeah, I, I I love. Yeah, I mean, David Johnson is is clearly being used in a much different way now that Byron which has taken over. You know, it, uh, he's a. Um, it's, it feels weird to say that he's a he's a league winner, but if you it, what I mean is if you held on to him, if you held tight, uh, that he you know he could really he could really carry you from here on out.
3: Absolutely. Now, what do you think about the decision to leave Kenny Galladay on the bench, uh, mm-hmm. rolling with David Moore, Mike Williams, and Tyrell Williams? I think that we're going to see that the target
1: share is much more condensed now that Golden Tate is is out of Detroit, uh, and and that that means that um, Marvin Jones and uh, Galladay are going to see uh, I think I think more consistent targets for one, uh, and also I, I Marvin Jones is banged up. I, I didn't see a, a, an injury report today, but um, you know if he's banged up and, and, and misses this week. Uh, you got to find a way to, to get Galladay in your lineup.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that uh, especially on this team, he should be staying in there. So they're probably kind of kicking themselves for putting Galladay on the bench. Granted, there had been a couple of down weeks before there.
2: You're listening to an FFBCast podcast. For more custom content, visit us online at ffbcast.com.
3: So we talked about these standings to open the show, but I think it's also important to look at total points. Redemption out in head uh by and large in control of points with one hundred or excuse me one thousand two hundred and eighty three the monster is in second place with one thousand one hundred and sixty one and El Barracho is at one thousand one hundred and fifty the average points total in the league is one thousand sixty seven which breaking out Project Freelancer and the Cowboys sit above. Mm -hmm. And last place is Upsetter who as we mentioned before was done no favors by Levy on Bell, and I would just like to say to this team and this owner that that's just an unfortunate situation. Don't let those points keep you down because uh, there are so many fantasy gamers throughout the world that are feeling your pain. <laughs> For sure, I mean,
1: uh, taking Bell in the top two made all the sense in the world. Um, I did it in, uh, in in a couple leagues, well, in, in one league that I, I care about a lot, and it hurt a lot. So. Uh, so I, I feel that pain.
3: Yeah. And I will say, um, I did the same thing because at Rotoviz I had him projected as the highest scoring player in the league by a significant margin. And given the success of James Conner, we can only imagine if there really is a talent gap between those two, how well Le'Veon Bell would have done. So, Denny, I want to talk about the playoff picture and get your expectations. But before we do, let's take a look at the players that are available and could make a difference down the stretch. Uh, Do you have any names in looking through the free agent pool that stood out to you? Uh, One guy uh, that that jumped out,
1: and he's he's not startable right now, but he could be very startable and very usable, Jamal Williams from Green Bay. Um, you know he's one Aaron Jones' injury away from presumably getting a, a full workload uh, for you know behind Aaron Rodgers and that's that's never a uh, a bad thing. He he excelled in his very limited I think two two game opportunity as the starter for Green Bay last year. Uh, so I would find a way to stash him for the stretch run. Absolutely. Uh, another guy, uh, Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, tight end from Arizona he he's running a lot of routes and that and that's what we look for with tight ends now you know the guy throwing him the ball and the production of the offense uh leaves a little bit uh to be desired obviously but uh we can't be too picky with the tight end position because it tends to be a dumpster fire uh so I um I I would consider him if if you're getting kind of spotty tight end production from you know from your tight end
3: Absolutely. I think that makes sense. Now, I have an interesting name here for you. You can tell me what you think. Joe Flacco, obviously not the highest scoring uh, you know, mm-hmm. fantasy quarterback out there. But if you go in and you look at some advanced strength of schedule metrics, you'll see that he has one of the easiest schedules of all passers. We know that the Ravens are constantly airing it out. So he does have some decent opportunity. I think, too, when you look at the quarterbacks in this league, uh, he is the type of guy that could help you out if you find yourself in trouble.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the the schedule is is fantastic. And, you know, until until the Ravens ra- ran into a really rough stretch of defenses lately, uh, um, they were they were a highly productive offense.
3: Yeah, I have to agree with that. Another name that stood out to me. Dante Moncrief. I've been pounding the drum for Moncrief now all season. He is the highest targeted player in his offense. He's playing the number one. The points have actually been there a couple of weeks. And if you look at some other things like his expected points per game uh, and other things you might look at when looking at some of the advanced stats, there has been a lot of opportunity for Moncrief.
1: Yes. uh, And uh, uh, we saw that, uh, you know, he is leading, I think leading the team in air yards, which is a a good indication of, uh, potential production. And, uh, hopefully, you know, if, if you have, if you can pick up Moncrief and are able to start him, hopefully the Jaguars continue to fall behind and are forced to throw, throw, throw,
3: which we've seen them need to rely on time in and time again. And the final name I want to throw out there is Willie Sneed, Joe Flacco's second option in the passing game. Sneed, is seeing a lot of targets every week. He's available, a lot of leagues available in this league. And if you're looking for a guy that can very realistically get eight or nine targets a game, which is something very hard to come by, you have Sneed who is going to also enjoy that soft schedule that Flacco plays. Absolutely. So let's turn our attention now to the playoff picture in this league. Denny, unfortunately, I think we do have some teams that are out of contention the Profit and Upsetter are both sitting at 2-8. and eight. It's going to be tough for them to make this happen. Now, the Profit does play uh, Upsetter in the upcoming week. So that could be an easy matchup, presumably, for those teams to win. Uh, and then I think that they, at the very least, need to win out the rest of the season. Now, the interesting thing for the Profit is... Is that they will also play the Milwaukee Marvels, who are in their division, who they could pass if they beat the Marvels and then the Marvels lose uh their other games it might come down to a tiebreaker it's hard to project exactly, but that's a possibility naturally uh upsetter would need to beat profit, and they would also need to win out and have shoebox beat the champs. <laughs> uh the champs also need to lose out and i think that there would also be a tiebreaker which they would need to win uh but let's be honest right if you're sitting at two and eight you need a lot of things to break your way
1: absolutely yeah but but the you know the scenario that you just spelled out as as far-fetched as it may seem shows why no one should quit on their team you know i, I think you need to continue to put out the best roster uh that you can and um, if it requires running the table, then try to run the table. I, I've I've been in that position before, and uh, it it's not it, you know it's daunting, uh, but but it's a it's a challenge, and and I I I love to see people continue to try as the as the season winds
3: down. And I have seen some real crazy things happen in fantasy leagues down the stretch, so you never never know. Now the Milwaukee Marvels and breaking out, I think that they probably if they can win two games, will be in the playoffs. The Marvels are sitting at four and six, fourth in their division, and breaking out is also at four and six. So that is going to be a real interesting race in this division. I think that the five, Project Freelancer and El Baracho, are fairly safe. Uh, in the West, Redemption will probably be good with one win, currently sitting at six and four. But the champs and Shoebox, who are at five, uh, and five and four and six, respectively. I think if you're those teams, you're still probably hoping that you pick up two wins. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes, I think it'll definitely take two wins.
3: So now something that we do need to talk about is we've mentioned profit and we're looking at the playoff projections. Profit was actually involved in two trades. That is clearly going to have ramifications. So the profit traded to redemption, John Brown, for. Traquan Smith. I don't know if this is a huge trade that's really going to shake the balance of the league, but nonetheless, it is an interesting trade. You have Brown, a player that was pretty explosive early on. We haven't heard too much from now. And then you have Smith, a player that's in that high powered New Orleans offense who always is a threat to have a big game.
1: Yeah. Um, th- th- that trade is is hard to evaluate because of the recent slump for, you know, offensive slump for Baltimore. I, I would think that John Brown's floor is certainly higher than, than than Traquan Smith. Uh it's it's clear that Traquan Smith is not a guy who is guaranteed, you know, really more than a couple or a few targets a week. And uh so obviously that could that could be an issue for for rolling
3: him out in seasonal leagues. Absolutely. Now, another, uh, trade that the profit was involved in, this one's an interesting trade. It's moving players that are on the same real life team. So shoebox gave up Randall Cobb to get Jamal Williams. As you spoke about Williams earlier, I think that you would have to have liked this move, but it looks like since they've dumped, uh, Williams and he's now available.
1: Yeah. I mean, Cobb's not, you know, Cobb's been hurt. And when he's, I don't, I don't know when he's been in, he hasn't been super usable. So, uh, um, I, I feel like this trade was something of a wash, especially because Williams was was dropped. But again, I think Williams should be, should be rostered in 12-team leagues.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, as you mentioned, he's one of those players that's out there that has some potential uh, that perhaps you won't get to harness, but if you do, will certainly help you. So before we close out this week's episode, I want to hear your top three teams for the rest of the season and who you predict as this league's winner.
1: Yes. Uh, so my, my top teams, um, I think it's, it's hard to not go with the, the two division leaders, obviously, uh, the monster and El Borracho. Uh, yep. I think both, both, both of those rosters, uh, they look not only like, like high f- weekly floor rosters, but also, um, deep rosters and, and, and lots of, uh, positional depth, which obviously is, is what we're going for. Um, I I actually went with Project Freelancer as the uh as as a third team here. Uh I I I just think that it has a lot of upside if if injuries go right um and uh and those the players on that team have quite a few good matchups down the stretch here in November and and then in December. So uh that that just it just jumped out to me as a as a team that that could make a push.
3: That's intriguing. Project Freelancers, I look at this roster, I can I can definitely see how that name would come to mind. As we mentioned, uh, Talvin Cook will be getting into the fold as well. For me, the three teams that I was most impressed with are the Monster, Cowboys, and El Barracho. It's hard to ignore the running back tandem in Gordon and Elliott that the Cowboys have. However, I have to say that when I look at the depth on this El Barracho squad, I think top to bottom, they have the balance of players that are needed and the depth to make a push to take the crown.
1: Definitely. And, and I also would like to just, just mention here, I, I see a lot of teams, including El Barracho, which has obviously an excellent line, uh, a roster, uh, are rostering two quarterbacks. And um, that, that certainly not necessary at this point in the season you know like El Baracho you're never going to start Alex Smith over Drew Brees so um you know shore up you know maybe pick up a running back handcuff or a receiver who could fall into some opportunity um you perhaps use that spot to, to look ahead and get a and get a defense with a great matchup for the for for not not the coming week but the but the following week that's that's how i manage my teams i i just wanted to offer that advice
3: yeah i love that advice too and actually what i will do even beyond that is on teams where i really believe i'm going to be in the semifinals or the finals i start cutting the weight on my team getting rid of players that are very unlikely to play and stocking up on the teams with the best matchups in those two weeks because those are the single most important weeks naturally of the season
1: Absolutely. And 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 uh uh one more note on El Baracho. Yeah. Uh I I don't see much reason to roster Martavis Bryant. I, I think you can cut him and and look for, you know, a running back. I know I've said Jamal Williams 50 times, but I'd much rather have Jamal Williams than Martavis Bryant.
3: Wow. So El Baracho, consider yourself lucky because you were getting some <laughs> specialized <laughs> advice there from Denny Carter, I can picture the rest of the league getting a little upset. Although we have seen in the past that sometimes when Denny attaches himself to something, it can go south pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, and the rich get richer here. You know, this is, uh, <laughs> this is not, not, not just. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks so much, Denny, for uh, coming on, helping us break down the Fantasy 2018 One League, a very fun league. I think it's going to be really exciting and interesting to see how things finish. So thanks again, Denny. Absolutely. That will do it for this week's episode of the fantasy 2018 one podcast brought to you by FFB cast for Danny Carter. I'm Dave Cabin saying thanks for tuning in and good luck for the rest of the season.
2: That concludes this episode. Follow us on Twitter at FFB cast and email your questions to FFBcast at gmail.com. See you next time for more fantasy greatness.
3: So that was a sample FFB episode. Again, I think that this is a really cool idea. I had a lot of fun just putting together the episode, learning about these different teams, thinking about the matchups. So I can only imagine if this is your actual league, how much fun this would be. Uh, Matt said that he is going to look into getting this done, trying to get the other owners, his league on board. Um I'm hoping that I get to host some more of these or or be a guest on them as it's really fun, even if you're not in the league. So I can only imagine how fun this will be when we get one set up for a couple of the leagues that I've been in for a number of years. So again, that's ffbcast.com. I think it's a really unique really cool idea. I had a lot of fun helping out with it. And I hope that you enjoyed listening, uh, even if this wasn't your own league. So again, ffbcast.com, please check them out and you know, maybe ask uh, if I can help out with yours too, if you're interested. So uh, have a good one and uh, thanks for tuning in. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm great, thanks.
0: What if businesses could really understand how their customers feel, act on it and make them feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management. For more go to sap.com/xm